Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Monday. Happy George Floyd Day. It is Juneteenth. Unbelievable. I'm so happy we get to celebrate George Floyd, the holiday brought to you by George Floyd. Uh, Luckily, I won't have to spend a lot of time uh, mocking uh, this national holiday. I do want to remind our viewers and any of the audience, uh, in 1865, black Americans in Charleston, South Carolina, celebrated Memorial Day. They started the Memorial Day tradition. It's just 22 days after Robert E. Lee uh, surrendered in the Civil War, uh, black Americans started Memorial Day honoring the fallen soldiers that ended the Civil War and granted us freedom. Memorial Day, started by black Americans. Uh, Juneteenth is a nice Texas local holiday uh, that is not comparable to Memorial Day, but I'm gonna end my rant there and get on with today's show. We have a fantastic, awesome show planned for you today. Bryson Gray back in studio with us. Uh, round of applause. Always good to have Bryson in studio with us. Shamika Michelle is going to join us uh, via Skype. We're going to be joined by uh, Jimmy Levy very shortly. Jimmy Levy, a singer uh, on the song Reclaim the Rainbow that we talked about on Friday and we showed you on Friday. Steve Kim's also going to join us. But we're going to start today's show with a fire starter about Reclaim the Rainbow. Uh, let's get right into it. Bryson Gray's latest rap song is proving Christians can win the culture war if we simply utilize our nuclear weapon, the Bible. Gray, best known for his Donald Trump supporting Joe Biden dissing rap songs, unleashed a nuke on Friday, dropping Reclaim the Rainbow, a song reminding listeners that the rainbow symbol is a biblical promise not a sexuality or gender statement. As of this morning, Reclaim the Rainbow is the number one rap song on the iTunes hip hop charts, and it's the number three song across all genres, trailing Luke Combs, Fast Car, and Morgan Wallen's Last Night. This is an incredible accomplishment. Gray has previously had top-charting political songs such as Let's Go Brandon, which mocked President Biden. But Let's Go Brandon climbed the charts thanks to the support of conservative media outlets, influencers, and political zealots. So far, Reclaim is having success strictly with word of mouth and a music video I financed and played on my show right here. In late May, in anticipation of Pride Month, I asked Bryson to make a song about Christians reclaiming the rainbow symbol from the LGBTQ movement. Gray, Bryson, enthusiastically jumped on the concept. Like me, Bryson believes the words in the Bible are the only sword capable of slaying the demonic forces controlling American culture. Bryson reached out to Jimmy Levy, a Christian singer in Miami. Levy sang the song on Boycott Target. He sang on the Boycott Target song that reached the top of the charts in late May. Levy sang the hook to reclaim. Jamaica Michelle, a contributor right here on Fearless, and a novice rapper performed the second verse. The song was finished within two weeks. Obviously, I'm biased. The song is magnificent. It's an instant classic. It's Bryson Gray's Dear Mama. 
a message song that will define his career. The high quality of the song, the beat, Jimmy Levy's chorus, and Shamika's verse speaks to the power of God. When he inspires, anything is possible. Levy recorded the chorus in a hotel room in New York City using a sock over the microphone to reduce the popping sound singers make. Bryson incorporated two Bible verses, Deuteronomy 22 and 5 and Luke 12, 51, into his rhyme. Shamika's 16 bars reveal more lyrical skill and imagination than anything we've heard in commercial rap in two decades. Again, I'm biased, very biased, but go listen to the song if you don't believe me. Also, consider this. Doja Cat released her newest rap song, Attention, on Friday, too. Doja Cat has 26 million followers on Instagram, 26 million followers on TikTok, and 5.6 million followers on Twitter. She's backed by a major label. It's the first single off her upcoming fourth studio album. Corporate media wrote pieces trumpeting her new song. As of this morning, Attention is ranked 27th on the iTunes charts across all genres. Same release day as Reclaim and 24 positions lower. Doja Cat's song is profane and pornographic. It's typical commercial rap music. Reclaim is winning in the cesspool of hip hop. Little Dirk's All My Life, which features J. Cole, is the number two rap song. It's been out for nearly two months. It's explicit, profane, and promotes the victim mentality. It's a song that pretends they, whoever they are, have been trying to keep Little Dirk down all his life. A kid's choir sings the defeatist chorus. Commercial hip hop preaches victimhood. It revels in excuses and it convinces its listeners that white supremacy is the strongest force in the uniform, in the universe. God is the strongest force in the universe. His word has the power to destroy a culture overtaken by wickedness. We've given up on rap music. Too many of us believe it can't be salvaged or remade. I get the cynicism. This weekend on Twitter, I stumbled across a video of a St. Louis rapper, Sexy Red. She's popular right now. I saw a video of her performing at an outdoor concert. Thousands of kids were rapping along to her raunchy song, Pound Town. Take a look for yourself. Pound Town is quite arguably the worst thing I've ever heard referred to as music. That's saying something considering Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion recorded WAP. Here's a brief sample of the lyrics, and I kid you not, these are the actual lyrics of what is purportedly a song. I'm out of town thugging with my rounds. My pink, my booty hole brown. Where the come looking for the holes? Quit playing, come suck a bitch toe. They're, they're calling that music. Rap music requires an exorcism, not an execution. The music is overrun with demons. The exorcism can only occur if men take, responsib take responsibility 
for allowing demonic control of the musical form. We can be mad at Cardi B, Doja Cat, and Sexy Red, but where did we think the music was going to go when NWA and Gangsta Rap took it over? Did we think something good was going to come from the 1988 song, A Bitch Is A Bitch? Or how about in 1992 when Dr. Dre rhymed, bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks, lick on these nuts and suck my Men, we did this, we're responsible. We ruined music by eliminating God and partnering with Satan. All of us who listened to, purchased and celebrated lyrical pornography ruined rap music. Let's pray that Bryson Gray and Jimmy Levy can reenact The Exorcist, the 1973 supernatural horror movie. Two priests performed an exorcism on an 11-year-old girl. Both priests gave their lives to save the little girl. It's going to require that kind of heroism to save American culture. Only men standing on the word of God are capable of that level of sacrifice. Bryson Gray is uh, with us, and Bryson, I just thank you for the song. Shamika's joining us. Uh, via Skype. In the following segment, Jimmy Livy is going to join us. Bryson, I, I, you, you start us out. Can, and, and I believe, because I, I thought about it over the weekend, I thought about it uh, this morning, because I've been someone that's been very cynical and just kind of given up on rap. What's going on with Reclaim is inspiring me that we can perform an exorcism on this culture we don't need to execute it. We don't need to eliminate it. We need to stand on the word as men and create a better culture. If we give people better alternatives, we can save this music and save the culture. <clears throat> so it can definitely happen. And I think this song is proving it. And this is a message for all the artists out there, the Christian artists out there that think you can't be biblical uh, and you know, have success in music or you have to make the bubblegum Christian rap. Uh, this is what hip-hop needs, period, point blank. Uh, they need alternatives. A lot of my followers are people that used to listen to secular music, and now they don't listen to secular music because they listen to people like me, they listen to people like Tyson James and others. Um, so the way to beat it is to provide an alternative, and we have to get the support to do it. Like you said, Let's Go Brandon had every mainstream news site uh, promoting it, um, and Reclaim the Rainbow has none of that. And we're currently number three in all genres. That can only happen through God, of course, all glory to God, and by people genuinely just supporting the song. Um, so this is a real culture war. We're competing against degenerate music. Uh, don't get it confused, country music is degenerate too. It's all about getting drunk and having sex in trunks and trucks and bars. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's not as bad as whatever the crap you played earlier. But, <laughs> but, but it's, it's, it's pretty degenerate and we're competing against that too. This hasn't happened. A biblical song quoting the Bible in the middle of Pride Month, calling out sin, hitting number one on iTunes charts in all genres. This has never happened and we're independent. We don't have no label backing or none of that. So uh, this, is, um, this is a real culture war happening right now. And uh, I know God got us. So, Bryson, I want you to follow in on this as well, but I'm going to ask Shamika first. Shamika, what do you think of my point that men have to take responsibility for where rap music is at? This rap music was a male-dominated industry in its infancy, and I sit there and think about the music that I purchased, uh, 
celebrated, supported, quoted, and I'm embarrassed. And, and I, I sit and I, I get upset with Cardi B and Megan the Stallion and whoever this sexy red is. But at the end of the day, I look at myself and say, I, I bought every NWA album. I was the first person on my college campus with their album supporting it. And it, it was inevitable that it was going to lead to this. Yes, Jason, I don't think there is a listener, uh, one a fearless listener that can rap through uh, doggy style like I can. So I definitely agree with you. If I think that uh, men are the ones that are going to lead us back into the right place, I have to admit that they actually led us down the wrong path, just accepting a lot of things. Because I think if men would have come together and stopped this a long time ago and said, hey, uh, look, Kim, you cute, but you can't say all of this on an album. I think we wouldn't be where we are now. A lot of people, especially men, were on the Lil' Kim bandwagon. We're on the Foxy Brown bandwagon. And us women, we got with it. You know, we supported them as well because when it wasn't that way, when you had people like MC Light and Queen Latifah, we... We like that because that was the standard. You had to come out actually talking about something to be recognized or looked at as a rapper. But then the music got degenerate. I don't even understand how these women are looked at as actual lyricists. They have nothing to say. And when Jermaine Dupree actually came out and said that, people demonized him for saying, hey, y'all are all talking about the same thing. And they are. Every single uh, rapper that's hitting the charts that's a female, she's talking about the exact same thing. Sex, her body, getting money. Sex, her body, getting money. That's all they love to talk about. And they can't rhyme. They have no lyrics, but this is what we're promoting. And I do feel like if men step up and say, look, we're not interested in this anymore. Say something else. Like T-Pain said, Rap about something else. I think if more men said that, they would have to do something else. Shamika somewhat took a little route around my point in turn. And so I'm gonna go to your hat, Bryce, and not today's, but in the video, repent. Mm -hmm. Men have to repent because, again, she's talking about Foxy Brown and Little Kim. I'm talking about Dr. Dre, Snoop, Ice Cube, Jason Whitlock, everybody that was down with bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks. When men were doing that, it made it inevitable that women would do what they did. I, I can give you one better. <clears throat> I was in a popular rap group in North Carolina. If any of your listeners are around my age uh, and from my area, I was in a rap group called 336 Boys. We were very popular. One of my most popular songs is a song called My Team, about sex, drinking, and smoking. That's what the song's about. This is the craziest thing. We performed at a middle school, right? Because we were so popping, they wanted us to perform. And my dad worked, he's a teacher. So we performed and they said, don't you say the curse words. So we said, okay. We had brought an edited version. When we performed, because the song was one of the number one songs on the radio stations in North Carolina, every kid knew the lyrics. They said the curse words for us. And now I have, I think a month ago, I looked back at that video and was like, we did this. 
four grown adult men, we're part of the reason the generation that came up after us are, is promoting the degeneracy. We're probably the reason they went and got drunk. Because we made it cool to get drunk, to say it's what we need to have sex. So I do think it's the man focus. We are the leaders. We're the people that's supposed to lead. So uh, if that's what we're going to do, then um, then that's, that's where it's going to go. But like you said, repentance. So that's why I, I go so hard for God now. I have to go harder than whatever I did, you know what I'm saying, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Because I know for a fact, I know for an absolute fact, I have contributed to somebody engaging in degeneracy. I know I have. I watched my own two eyes. So uh, we do need to repent, and I think this is heading towards that way. And what's so crystal clear is that there's the thirst for good music because this song has, as you pointed out earlier, it has no support. And, and so why are people flocking to it? It's because there's a thirst for it, and I just wonder if we push this song, come up with other music, do you think the industry will be able to ignore it or, or, and, and not adjust? If they, if they, again, we, we love to think of capitalism as all just about the bottom dollar. And so if there's money to be made by talking about God, why wouldn't they go that route? I have a prediction. We're competing on iTunes, right? That means people are actually taking money and spending it directly. I think if this stay the way it's going and continue going the same route, I think the opposite will happen. I think that Billboard going to do an article. I think all these people going to come together. I think Apple will shut down iTunes if they keep seeing music like this. Because you're forgetting, Let's Go Brandon isn't as controversial. This song is not only is it a Christian song, we're calling out sin. You know what I'm saying? I think this song will lead to Apple shutting down iTunes and making it to where you can only stream stuff because of stuff, things like this happening. Because I know they're tired of it. Um, it will whoa, 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 whoa. Shut that. They're making money. Shut it down. What do you mean? I think they'll shut it down. Most Why wouldn't they just censor or make it impossible mm. to find your music? Mm, that's not, that's not going to work because we, we got a link. I, just, just my, I know it sounds crazy. I promise you they will shut down iTunes and you will only be able to do things on Apple Music. I, 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 have, I have that feeling because this will influence other people to do the same thing. People are going to be like, wait, we can have success talking about the Bible for real? Like, for real talking about the Bible? A whole snap. Now you're going to see that happening more as we're already seeing it happen more, happen more. And if they know that there's a way around the labels, because streaming it's owned by the labels. Spotify, Apple Music, that's labels. They own the playlist. They can pitch you on the playlist. So if you're not with them, you can't do that. But when you tell somebody to go buy a song, let, let me tell you this for people that don't know about music. It takes 150 streams to equal one sale. So for people that's spending that dollar and 29 cent on a song, for you to, for you to, for that to count for streaming, it takes 150 streams to count for one sale. We're going around the system they created, and people are flat out buying the song because they like it. They're not going to stand for that. I think they'll shut it down. You're blowing my mind, right? They would take less money to, to they would rather sacrifice money than allow the music to exist. Yes, I think so. I, I think so. I think within the next year, they'll probably shut iTunes down. Yeah, I think so. Not Apple Music, because Apple Music and iTunes are two separate things. iTunes is buying, Apple Music is, uh, is streaming. I, they'll keep Apple Music. 
I think they'll shut down iTunes because of the success things like this, uh, songs like this are having. And so as an artist, can you make money through Apple Music? Uh, artists get between 0 .005 and 0.009 cents per stream. Um, I mean, you can. Every million streams equates to a four, four, between four to $6,000, but a million streams ain't easy to get, especially when you don't have access to all the top playlists. So on Spotify, people get their music because of a lot of the playlists, the radio, the, the natural algorithm. Uh, but you have to really be a part of a label to really get into the algorithm uh, unless it's super organic like what we're doing now. He <laughs> just hurt my soul. <laughs> I got to think about that for a second. Shamika, do you have any reaction to that? No, I actually was listening to Bryson last night. He was live kind of breaking this down. And I don't really, I don't know because I don't know the business this way. I do feel like, though, the more we have good quality music out there, you hear a lot of people all the time saying that they can't get into Christian rap or clean rap because it's cheesy. It's cornball sounding. The beats aren't good. Sound like, you know, they're beating on pots and pans in the house. But I think if we get gave them good quality music, we would have more people actually interested in not only listening to cleaner music, but doing cleaner music. So Bryson may have a point that if more people jump on this bandwagon, you know, who knows if the powers that be really want us to just be a degenerate culture. I don't know how how far they'll go to make sure that happens. But I, I do think that what this song has shown me is that people are thirsty for clean music. You know, my daughter does music. She has said, I don't want to curse. I don't want to talk about my body. I don't want to talk about guns and shooting. This has shown me that she stands a chance as long as she has good quality music because the fact that people are interested in this and it's gone as far as it has as fast as it has yes glory to god and i think also he allowed us to put out a really good quality song quality of the song is second to none and that's that's not my bias speaking no, that's just facts and so you've i, I was is can I I can get the song on Apple Music, right? Yep. So I don't have to go to iTunes. Yeah, but going to iTunes will help us on the iTunes charts. Apple no question. Yeah. You you can get it on Apple, you can get it on Spotify, YouTube and all that. But um our best chance at because Billboard charts release every Tuesday. Uh and Billboard have they have multiple charts. Um and the digital sales charts, we have a chance. We have four days left. And to the next, to the to the next uh, to the next week, and it's four days. If we stay on top, we'll on digital sales charts. We'll have the number one rap song. Now, if we stay on all genres, we'll have the number one rap, number one song in all genres on digital sales charts on Billboard, uh, and that'd be huge. Now, if we make top forty, you probably have to sell like collectively like twenty thousand to, which is hard. But you got to sell like twenty thousand to make it in the top forty, which would be astronomical. So. Hold on. Being in the top 40 is harder than being number one? So there's a, the biggest 
Billboard chart is called the Hot 100. This is what labels spend millions of dollars to get their artists on. This is the whole point, right? Top songs in the country with sales, streams, and radio play. Uh, the, the top 40 of that Hot 100, you know, have you ever heard of a top 40 club? There are top 40 clubs. The reason they're called top 40 clubs is because the, the music the DJ plays is, is the top 40 songs in the country. Everything is based on these top 40 songs. That's the... Obviously, unless you get a top 10, which is considered a hit, literally, the top 40 is the uh, is where you want to get to. Let's go. Brandon got 27, just to put things in perspective. Um, I, I think we sold 60,000 downloads in one week. And Billboard, they lost their mind when that happened. Um, so, yeah, th this chart is the top chart you can be on. iTunes charts, Amazon, Spotify, Apple, all that leads to this, depending on what you do on all of it combined. And so... I'm not saying this. I don't want to start a fight or a fuss. This is a better song than Let's Go Brandon. Yeah, and, I agree. And and how do we, what do we need to do? What, what can anybody listening right now, watching right now, what can they do to support and to to push this as far as far along as Let's Go Brandon got? Uh First thing you need to know that Apple Music and iTunes is different. So if you have an iPhone, go to your search, type in iTunes. A purple app will come up. Go to Reclaim the Rainbow. It's $1.29. Buy it if you can. If you don't have an iPhone, do the same thing on Amazon. Uh, that helps the charts. And if, you, and if you already did that, then stream it. If you already bought it, I mean, there's nothing else for you to do other than stream it. Spotify, Apple, Pandora, YouTube, I don't care where you're at. Um, stream it as much as, much as possible uh, because it's, uh, this is, it's not a game getting that high on the charts. It's very, very tough. And I've had a few number ones, and that's it's very, very, very tough to do. Uh, and, you know, but all my other ones had press. The press is what we don't have. But I don't think we need it. I think, I think, I think Christians are fed up. I think it's time for, uh, I think it's time for a new beginning uh, as far as music. So I think I think the people will cross us cross us over the line. I, I will say this: what I, my suggestion would be, those of you, that, and again, I need these are simple things that, again, you're talking about a dollar twenty nine to buy a song. We're not this ain't gonna break you, but this costs nothing for you to email, tweet at, DM. Uh, alleged conservative Christian influencers and tell them to support the song and to push it out uh, because this is important for the culture. It's as important as the Bud Light boycott and any of the other stuff to try to prove our point that this type of music has value and people are interested in it. We need some of the conservative media outlets and influencers that normally tend to support this kind of stuff to support this song. And so those of you hearing my voice right now, watching right now, hop on Twitter, hop on Instagram, hop on Facebook, and, and demand that the people you respect and follow uh, or add demand, ask them to support this song and to push it out. That, that, that's not some type of greedy self-interest it's it's no one's going to get rich off this song, but it's just the song is worthy of that. And, and, and if your kids play, let's play the pound town deal again, because these are thou and I don't want people in the audience 
Let's go, oh, well, that's just black kids. But this is what kids are listening to. And you wonder why y- your kids are into degenerate lifestyles and on a reflection of your values. It's because the other side is feeding them filth and garbage. And they know the lyrics and shout the lyrics of garbage like this. Give your kids a better alternative. This, this The music that this woman's rapping to is trash. Her lyrics are trash. It's not good music. I promise you, our song, this song that Bryson put together, Shamika and Jimmy Levitt, it's great music. Your kids will love it. Give them a better alternative. Or not, they'll be at this concert uh, with Sexy Red. My coochie's pink, my booty hole's brown. This is what your kids are listening to. It's taking them straight to hell. uh, Justin, do we have, uh, do we have Reclaim the Rainbow queued up? Can we we play that? I'm going to, I'm gonna take care of one of our sponsors, uh, one of my my favorite sponsors. We'll take a break, but as we go to break, we'll play Reclaim the Rainbow, and then when we come back, Jimmy Levy's gonna join us, because I definitely wanna give Jimmy his love. The chorus on this is amazing. It's as good as the raps and the verses by Shamika and Bryce. It may be even better, who knows? Uh, It's outstanding, but let me take care of one of our sponsors, then we'll play Reclaim the Rainbow, and then we'll come back with Jimmy Levy. Uh, You guys know I have no more authentic recommendation than liver health formula. Been taking this stuff uh, for two years to fight a fatty liver. Uh, It's been awesome. Two, three months ago, Liver Health jumped on board as a sponsor of this show. We all need to jump on board uh, with Liver Health. Look, I believe, you know, the American Heart Association indicates that adults with fatty liver three and a half times more likely to have heart failure than people that don't. The American Liver Foundation says that 100 million Americans have fatty liver, which means many people are at risk. We throw everything at our livers, cholesterol, alcohol, toxins, Tylenol, cigarettes. That's why so many of us have a sluggish fatty liver that makes us gain weight and lose energy. For decades now, your liver helped you with over 500 key functions every day. Time for you to help your liver. There is a solution, liver health formula, an all-natural supplement which contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver, manufactured right here in the U.S. of A. and approved by the American doctors. Uh, American doctors. So, if you're looking to ignite your fat-burning metabolism, boost your energy, and transform how you look and feel, try liver health formula and receive a free bottle of blood sugar formula to reduce sugar cravings when you order today. Try Liver Health Formula by going to getliverhelp.com slash Jason. Claim your free bonus gift. That's getliverhelp.com slash Jason. Take care of my guys at Liver Health. They'll take care of you. You can email me and us at fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com. Let's play Reclaim the Rainbow, and when we come back, Jimmy Levy will join us. 
The Dodgers have reversed course again. The team was criticized for inviting a specific group to Pride Night at Dodger Stadium, then criticized again for uninviting them. A short time ago, the team announced it was re-inviting them. It's written in the first book of Genesis to Satan perverted Give versus evil, it's time to decide Can't be the wrong, but you gon' pick a side Saying you politics as a disguise I say America needs to repent No politician can stop our demise It's written in the first book of Genesis To Satan perverted Could have thought or knew. We said a word, wall man, and be referring to do. Said, I hope you put pops offended and you feel attacked. Cause I'm here to stack the village to take the rainbow back. And we're rising like a nation, calling out sin, no hesitation. Should we can play nice, no obligation. I'ma call it what it is abomination. And I'm snatching, I ain't asking. Got an animal instinct, Carol Baskin. My tongue is the gun, yeah, the assassin. Love is love, Brr, nasty. Taste the rainbow. No thanks, I'd rather die unless it's God's show. That sign up in the sky. Take a line from Tina T. Like, what's gay love got to do with me? I got a rainbow on my neck and I can't breathe. All right, welcome back. Uh, Steve Kim, I'm going to call his bluff. Uh, the Korean Cosell is always complaining. You only let me talk sports. You only let me talk sports. 
I'm smarter than all you guys on the show. I should be talking about more than sports. And so we've got a topic that tiny bit sports, but it's a big topic. And so we'll put Steve Kim to the test to see just how smart he is. Uh, his high school GPA says not very smart, but we'll find out here. Uh, if you've been following along on the internet, Joe Rogan, some Dr. Peter Hotez are in this major dispute about uh, accusations and statements that Robert uh, Kennedy Jr. has said. Robert Kennedy Jr., of course, running for the Democratic nomination. Robert Kennedy Jr., as you saw on our COVID cookout special, a critic of Big Pharma and the whole vaccine movement. He did a, Robert Kennedy did a long interview with Joe Rogan. He's done one with Jordan Peterson. He's continuing his criticism of Big Pharma. Dr. Peter Hotez has, has disagreed with uh, Robert Kennedy and Joe Rogan has tried to invite him on Peter Hotez to debate Robert Kennedy. And let's, let's get out in the public square, listen to both sides and let people make their own decision. There's now a bounty being offered uh, for Dr. Peter Hotez that I think is more than $2 million to charity. First, it was a $100,000 offer. Then other people started chiming in and offering money. I think Andrew Tate has ponied up 500,000 bucks. It's now over $2 million for this guy to come on Joe Rogan's podcast and debate uh, the COVID vaccine with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And, and then out of nowhere, from outside the ring, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, jumped into the ring and starts defending uh, this Dr. Peter Hotez and going after Joe Rogan. And so I believe this is yesterday, yeah, June 18th, around noon yesterday, uh, Cuban uncorks a long tweet. I think I'll, I'll read most of it or parts of it. Uh, he's going after Joe Rogan. Rogan was arguing with some dude named Tom Nichols, and Mark Cuban jumps in. Way to talk in generalities, Joe. Not saying there aren't a lot of effed up things about pharma. That's why we created, then he's, Cuban's now plugging himself, costplusdrugs.com. But to ignore that the same industry, industry has, has saved who knows how many lives is BS, and you know it. It's also disrespectful to all the doctors, researchers, and medical professionals that dedicate their lives to saving lives. Dr. Hotez and the 800K plus doctors in the country that believe vaccines save lives. You aren't trying to find the ground truth on vaccines. If you were, you would bring on someone who focused on debating the issue like uh, some guy called the real truther who, who doesn't use his real name on Twitter. Uh, but who knows, uh, unofficial fact checker of Alex Barrison and who this guy is. Anyway, uh, trying to bully Dr. Hotez is ridiculous. You have producers that will prepare you and get you and you get to control the conversation. Robert Kennedy Jr. also has a staff ready to prepare him. And those topics are what he talks about in every speech. You both do this on a daily basis. Dr. Hotez works every day to try and find ways to help people. And then he ends with this summation, Mark Cuban. Joe, you and Elon Musk's Twitter 
are the mainstream online media and your platforms have become everything supposedly wrong with mainstream media, you are driven by self-interest just like the mainstream media always has been accused of and you both have earned that right. You busted your butts to be great at what you do and earned all you have accomplished, but don't lie to yourselves and all of us and tell us you are different. You aren't. Mm. Uh, Steve Kim, uh, I'm going to call your bluff and help uh, me unpack. What's going on here with Mark Cuban? He's a woke, I think Royce would call him a cuck. I'm not going to call him a cuck. He's just a woke <laughs> idiot. Mark uh, And he's... Yeah, he's he's jumping in in defense of Big Farmer, which probably maybe isn't that surprising given the NBA's relationship with Big Farmer. Well, first of all, today for, we we have to pay respect to the holiday. This day in 1984, Michael Jordan was drafted by the Bulls. That's the holiday, and I am certainly celebrating it. I can't <laughs> wait to get to that barbecue later. Bulgogi will be on the pan. Oh, that grill is going to be good. But anyway. Here's You're not celebrating St. George Floyd, George Floyd Day? You're not celebrating? Like I said, June 19th, 1984, Chicago was made better. It was a less violent time, but it was a better time. <laughs> Air Jordan landed at O'Hare. Here's the problem with, with Cuban as I get back to my show here. Wait a minute. So yeah. he's actually saying that a scientist, Mr. Hotez, who has supposedly dedicated his life to researching this 24-7, 365, will not be prepared to debate actual science and something he's really focused on, a particular subject of vaccines, against a politician and a radio podcast host. Think about that. So a guy that does this every day, who gets behind the microscope, does all these studies, does all these charts. And then, but no, but he's, it's not fair because Joe Rogan has a producer and uh, Mr. Kennedy has a speechwriter. Really, that makes no sense whatsoever. Steve, it would be the equivalent of me saying, no, 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 no. I can't debate the McRib versus the McNugget who had a bigger impact on Ronald McDonald's? I'm, I'm not qualified. Steve Kim, he spends all day studying McDonald's. Whitlock, he's just a layman. He's not prepared to debate that issue. I mean, give me a break. Uh, well, first of all, I want to say this. The problem with the McRib, it was sporadic. I mean, it made more comebacks than Brett Favre and Sugar Ray Leonard. So I, I got to go with the McNugget. There's something to be said about consistency and having a disciplined approach to being on the menu. The other thing that really gets me about a lot of these owners, and look, Mark Cuban, no matter what he thinks or what he tries to portray as the everyday guy from Indiana who just happens to be a multi-billionaire, he is an elitist. He, he can try to frame himself in any particular way that he's just an average, ordinary guy who happens to have a couple of more shekels than the rest of us. No, you are an elitist. You look down from your ivory tower. And when you are an owner of any major sports franchise in America whose leagues are sponsored by Big Pharma, you are not going to have an unbiased opinion. And you know, you know what I found really sickening uh, above and beyond all that? This guy starts acting like he's on the Shark Tank peddling his own company. So, well, wait a minute, Mark. Is this about 
getting the truth out and making sure people are safe or once again, lining your pockets by saying, hey, but by the way, guys, I have never a solution. This is why I created this company. Hey, log on and apply. Give me a damn break. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm completely off of Mark Cuban. Biggest sellout uh, I, I, I've maybe in sports, always acted like he was a rebel and a different guy, and he's as corporate as anybody. Cuban, what was it, just, it was just a few days ago. I'm looking here in the New York Post. Mark Cuban claims companies like Target, Bud Light, going woke is just good business. Mark Cuban is a globalist, down with ESG and DEI and all the rest. That whole scandal that he got, that his team got caught up in, where they ended up having to install this female president. Remember they had the sexual misconduct scandal with the Dallas Mavericks? That basically emasculated and cut off Mark Cuban's balls. Yeah, and the other, I've always found interesting, I know people have talked about it, Mark Cuban tries to act like he's some sort of social justice warrior, as he said, he's very woke. Still can't attract a lot of big free agents. For all the pandering he does, a lot of players still say, nah, I'm good. I'm good on Dallas. But I have a question for Mr. Cuban, not that he cares that it comes from a regular working stiff like me. Are you upset that Twitter and Elon Musk are actually giving free speech or are you really upset that they are not flat out censoring something that goes against the party line that Cuban follows? Let's be very clear about this. Back in 2019, coming into 20 and beyond, there was a stretch of about two and a half years where certain figures and certain messages were obviously suppressed. Now, you can have your faults and you can criticize Elon Musk, but I don't see him censoring pro-vax voices, and he shouldn't. They are allowed to state their feelings. The problem that Cuban has and the problem that I have with him is You're upset that the opposing viewpoints are now being given the exact same platform. And that's where Cuban completely loses me as a hypocritical fraud. He lost me a a long time ago, and and I'm glad now he's finally fully exposed. Uh, he, He is a hypocritical fraud. We'll end that part of the conversation there. I did want to ask you, there is some big basketball news Bradley Beal going to the Phoenix Suns to form a super Mm. team with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and and the other part of this story is like has anybody been passed around Chris Paul is kind of the uh what's her name Mariah Means or what's Zion Williams's girlfriend don't act like you don't know her name Mariah Mariah Mills yeah he's yeah, yeah. Chris Paul's getting passed around more than Mariah Mills, man. Every he's just getting discarded oh, and pushed the team to team to team. This That's this is not good for Chris Paul's legacy. And does and do you buy is Phoenix now the best team in the NBA? Uh, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did did Nikolai Jokic just suddenly retire? Did he just go to Serbia and go to Bolivia? No, no. It's still Denver. The guy that's on the spot now, and we'll get to uh, Chris Paul. That's on spot now is uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin, this is on you. It, it's obvious to me that they've tried to form another trio, another lethal weapon three. I get it. But as I look at Denver, they seem to have great chemistry. 
They have the most dominant player in the league. Yes, the big white guy from Serbia. And they have great complementary parts. They seem to have a great culture, and I like Malone. And they seem to be hungry not to just win one title, but to win multiple ones. And let's be very frank about KD. He's a great player, one of the best pure natural scorers and toughest matchups I've ever seen at 6'11", and his ability to create shots anywhere on the floor. But post-Golden State, when he has been the guy, I go back to that old headline that got him upset at the Oklahoma City Press. Remember? Mr. Unreliable. Be honest, Jason. When you look at that guy right there, KD35, do you see yourself saying, yeah, that guy is the number one guy is going to lead me to Larry O'Brien Trophy? Yes or no? Not at the moment. He's gotten older. He's had, you know, tough injuries here. Uh, and, and look, I do think it's fair to question his mental toughness. I like Kevin Durant, but he is definitely a mama's boy, and, and that has hurt his NBA career. No question about it. I, and look, I started talking about it and uh, maybe even wrote some things. I, I know I started talking about just his, his mother sitting courtside at all the games and just being this mama's boy, and it's just, it's just not good. And, and mm. I, I look at all these mama's boys, none of them want to just sit anywhere and build something on their own. They all just want to jump from team to team to team. But you take a guy like Steph Curry, old light-skinned Steph, who's supposed to be soft and blah, 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 but that's Dale Curry's boy. He sat right there in Golden State, built his own little dynasty. Uh, he did, you know, he let Kevin Durant come over there. But, but I, I just don't think these guys, these mama's boys, dudes raised by their mothers, distant relationship or no relationship with their dad, they're just not as mentally tough. So to paraphrase KD himself, you, I'm not the real MVP. Okay, I, I kind of agree with you on that. <laughs> now, now, going back to Chris Paul, I, I feel bad for him in one sense. Um, nobody should be compared to Mariah Mills. Let's, that, that's the ultimate insult. I'm going to call you Black Andrew Galata. What a low blow that is, Whitlock. Give me a break. But I, I do wonder, is Chris Paul at that stage where he's better off coming off the bench, where obviously, look, there comes a point in time in every great player's career, for the most part, you're better off playing less because less can be more. And I just wonder, his days as a starting point guard that can lead you to a championship, which he's never done, okay, maybe over. Maybe he needs to kind of like reevaluate himself and think, look, if I want to win a title, and get myself to a contender, because I've read they're trying to reconfigure the trade where he gets to a place that's more amenable to what he wants. Maybe he's better off becoming a rotational guy and playing 25 to 30 minutes instead of 40 to 42 a game and just kind of being the guy that's that energizer or that steady veteran that comes off the bench. But uh, again, I don't know if his ego will allow that. I hope he ends up with the Lakers and he and LeBron James okay. uh, get together and combust because okay. Chris Paul's got a massive ego and obviously LeBron has a massive ego. I, 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 I'm not as negative about Chris Paul as a lot of people are. A lot of people say Chris Paul is just not a good person. Uh, you know, I, I just well, kind of find him kind of a prickly leader. Obviously, you agree. I'm just talking about how they're passing that. him around. 
I'm talking um, about how they're passing around like Mariah Mills. I'm not saying fan. he's Mariah Mills. <laughs> okay. If the Lakers get Chris Paul, what are we going to do? Party like it's 2010? I Good great. This is like the revenge of David Stern. Now we get CP3. Why don't we just bring back Norm Nixon or Byron Scott? I, this this is a time for the Laker organization. I'm dying to be a fan again of my old purple and gold. We need to look forward, not backwards. Getting Chris Paul and expecting him to be that that starting piece that's gonna that's gonna play what 75 to 80 games or whatever they're gonna do. I, I just don't see that. But you know what? I I wonder though if Rob Palenka, who actually did a really good job of rebuilding the Lakers on the fly last year. If that was even broached by LeBron, Rob Palenka needs to say, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. You do your job. I'll do mine. Stay in your lane. Maybe they can get Carmelo to come out of retirement or whatever he's in, out of his assisted living facility. And, you know. (laughs) Yeah, let's bring back Kevin Garnett, too. Let's get the whole banana boat squad. What are we doing here? Yeah, the whole banana boat. (laughs) That's Dwayne Wade would be the other person. Okay. No, Uh, no, I don't want Dwayne Wade. Okay, you're going to make me move from L.A. You make that happen. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah. Uh, Finally, Steve, I didn't know if you had a thought on – West Virginia coach Bob Huggins, his oh. coaching career coming to a tragic end. He he had the he dropped the F word on a radio show a few months ago, survived that controversy, now gets his second DUI in two decades. I think the first one was in 2004. Now gets a second DUI and immediately resigns as West Virginia's coach. Your thoughts on the legacy and career of Bob Huggins? He is part of that last vestige of interest that I had in college basketball. And really not so much for the last few years or the last decade and a half where I have not cared. But, Jason, I remember in the early to mid-90s, him with the renegade upstart guys at Cincinnati, led by Nick Van Exel, actually making a run into the Final Four. And I think they made the Final Eight the other year where they blew a big lead to North Carolina. And Huggins always had these tough, hard-nosed players. He's an old-school coach. There's a part of me, Jason, that this is a theory that I have. And again, this is not making light of the DUI. It is not justifiable what he did because he put himself and other people in danger. Okay? But with that said, it kind of struck me that in this age of the NIL and the transfer portal and the one-and-done, which, again, at West Virginia, that may not be an issue, I just wonder if he's had enough. I wonder if he's actually relieved. As sad as he is, that says my career's over. I'm done with West Virginia. I'm never going to get hired again. Maybe he's done with it. Maybe he just really did not want to coach in this environment. I don't didn't want to coach in this environment. The guy's got a drinking problem. <laughs> And okay. they say there were beer cans all over his. his I know you can relate to that. Uh, yeah, as an Asian driver, that's the last thing. That's the first thing we do is drink and become an Asian driver. That always works out well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I, I just, I don't know. I, 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 Bob Huggins spent a year at Kansas State. He brought Michael uh, Beasley, Beasley to Kansas State, yeah. uh, introduced me to Frank Martin, one of my favorite coaches in all of college sports. But I, I, I'll have some fond memories of, of Bob Huggins, but this dude was clearly, some of these 
really driven, angry coaches. They got some demons, man. And clearly his was alcohol. Uh, you know, I don't know what Bobby Knight, he, he kind of reminds me of a drunken Bobby Knight, uh, but he never, you know, won the championships. And that's probably because he was a drunken Bobby Knight <laughs> rather than well, a sober hold Bobby on, Knight. Hold on. To be fair, he had a really good team, I believe, in 97, 98. And they were the number one team for most of the year. And then Kenyon Martin, I think, broke his leg right before the tournament. Look, it's hard. There's been a lot of great coaches like Guy Lewis, Ray Meyer at DePaul that did not win a national title. It's difficult. But his legacy is that he built programs and he won consistently. I appreciate the fact that he was not a quote-unquote players coach. We talk about this a lot, Jason, that, and this is a microcosm of society. We are better off with disciplinarians and hard-nosed male figures that can lead us in a positive direction in life as young men, because they make great impact on many kids throughout the country. Now we are placating these kids. And in the era of player empowerment, which I believe is another fancy way of saying anarchy, Huggins didn't necessarily fit in. I respect the fact Huggins stayed Huggins for better or worse. He coached his way. He didn't care if you liked it. He didn't necessarily kowtow to all the critics. He didn't soften himself. And to his credit, there's probably a legion of players that probably hated him at one time, probably wanted to throw chairs at him. But I do think in as they have adjusted to real life as adults, they probably say, you know what, Bob Huggins, Bob Huggins was good for me. And for that, I will give him credit. Thank you, Steve. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, we'll play some tomorrow, and we'll see you guys tomorrow as well. Waiting for the countdown, coming off the breakdown, standing in line for freedom. Looking for a breakout, feeling like a standoff, nothing in life like freedom. Came like a fighter, striking like a ladder. And all this moves for freedom I want freedom No negotiation, my system, no relation We all just wanna have freedom Sitting on the corner, never been alone I'm breaking my back for freedom Bless, we are living, get back We are receiving, all receiving We all wanna be free